and welcome to Paradox, Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. I am Dr. Danielle LaVoyne, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith, and today we have Zach Clark with us. How are you doing today, Zach? I'm, I'm great and excited to be here with you guys today. Well, we're excited to have you. Um, before we, get, we jump right in um, to your stories and your introduction, I just want to thank Ticket Spigot for being our sponsor and the official ticketing partner of the NIAAA. So, hey, Dustin, how are you doing this morning? Man, I'm I'm doing well. I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm excited about visiting with Zach because we have a mutual friend, and Zach will have to question some of his decision making sometimes. He sat through a presentation of mine and Dr. Mark Rarick while we were in, uh, I guess, we're in Denver uh, this past year. He sat through a, a workshop that we did, um, but but Zach is in Iowa, and we've got a mutual friend. Uh, and Scott Jarvis, who's been a previous guest on this. And so I, I texted Scott and I said, all right, give me some guys in Iowa that I need to talk to. Some guys that we can have on this show that we can have a good time with. And the first person he mentioned was Zach. So um, I'm excited just to be able to have that connection because I know if, if he's friends with Scott, he knows tolerance, he knows patience. Um, he's got some <laughs> virtues that maybe some people need to have. Um, but Zach's got some strong shoe game. And if you've seen uh, anything on Twitter about his customized shoes for his school district, um, <laughs> we can talk about that in a little bit. But Zach is also the son of an AD uh, and actually the AD at the school that he's presently at. And he, he joked before we got on the air about they didn't have to change the name. Uh, so <laughs> he got that job. His dad was the AD 31 years, I believe is what he said. And then he's he's taken the reins from there. So uh, Clark has been in control there for quite some time. So I'm excited. But Zach, what I always like to ask is, tell us about who you are aside from the AD. What do you like to do for fun? What does the resume mean? Not tell us about who Zach Clark is. Um, so I am uh, married to my wonderful wife Kelly, who I like. We all know as ADs, our spouses really are the only reason anything gets done ever. Um, and I've got a, my six-year-old son, Paul, he's going to be in first grade, who is a mini me. We kind of have the same interests. You know, we like to go to, we're big 49ers fans. We're big Iowa State Cyclones fans. Um, we just go where, wherever we can go to a sporting event or go play golf together, or just go mess around together. We, we will do it. I have a five-month-old Allison. So that's, so our house has kind of had a transition here the last six months, getting back into that after not, you know, transitioning kind of out of that, that newborn phase. And, um, and so then two dogs, uh, Veda, who's a nine-year-old German short hair pointer and Kittle, who is a, uh, I can't think how old she is now. She's like an eight month old golden retriever. So she's nuts. We had energy. A, we had a ten month. I had a ten year old golden retriever that I had had before I even met my wife, and I had to put her to sleep in December. And I was going to wait to get another dog until the summer. Like right now, after the baby had arrived, and um, my impulse control didn't hold on very long, and I ended up with another, <laughs> a new puppy in January. So we we um. So what I do outside of here, I love to spend time with them, and I love to spend time with those two dogs. You know, going for walks or whatever. I don't hunt them. Well, my dad takes them out to hunt. Um, and then my mom and dad live. I, you know, we mentioned my dad a little bit. My mom, I need to mention her too. She is, uh, 
She's a special education and reading teacher here at school with me. My, you know, dad's been retired for six years, but my mom turned 70 in March and will not walk out the door. She's going to start her 43rd year of teaching at Central Decatur this fall. So she wow. is, she's unreal. She's incredible. We call her the assistant AD, and it's really the only reason some things get done throughout my dad's tenure and my tenure here so far. So they live eight blocks away. So it's, um, we just all spend a lot of time together, kind of doing fun stuff together and, and then just hanging out with some close friends of mine, you know, with their kids, our kids are friends. So running around and just having fun as much as possible when I can escape this place, I guess, from my hobbies. So, so let me, let me ask a couple of questions. How in the corn did you become a 49ers fan in Iowa? <laughs> I think, um, I go back to, you know, I was born in 1982. So there when I was, you know, five, six, seven, you know, they were winning a lot of games with Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. And I think just being a little punk, um, my both my mom and dad are from upstate New York. And so my dad's a lifelong Giants fan. And I oh, you were doing so well until you said that. Yeah. So I think How are you from upstate New York and not a Buffalo fan? I, I, I don't understand it either. He, just, <laughs> he grew up right outside of Rochester. And, yeah. um, and so I, uh, I, I think I became a 49ers fan just to spite his Giants fandom and just have a little bit of a rivalry in the household. <laughs> and then it's, it's just always been there. So, and then, so is your dog named after a 49ers player? Yes, my son, I told my son um, he could name the dog, the new puppy, because I had named Taylor after I'm actually James Taylor, singer, but I told Paul he could he could name the new puppy, and he didn't hesitate. He said, I want to name her after George Kittle. So, yes, that's where Kittle came from. I, I can appreciate <laughs> that. My daughter is named after the Chicago Cubs Stadium. Um, okay. So I can appreciate naming somebody after a sports team of some sort, whether that's a player. We have a dog. It's also named Brizzo. Uh, because I'm a Cubs fan, when Bryant and Rizzo were playing together before they shipped them off and the Cubs became terrible again. Um, so I can appreciate that. We've got that in common to be able to name animals after our favorite sports teams. Yeah, that's uh, my, my parents. My parents always had golden retrievers and all theirs were named after different people from you know their early days like even though they were dogs I had as a kid they I didn't know some of the people because they were from you know old players that my mom and dad liked so but they they didn't name you like Dwight Clark or anything like that after the catch in the end zone because they no. weren't yeah no yeah I don't I think Zachary Zach was a family name and um I think what my mom told me when I was a kid was my dad got to name the two kids, my sister and I, and my mom got to name the dogs. That was the deal. That, that was the deal they had going through. So, so which makes total sense. Right. In general, it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. So my question to you is this. Let's paint on a map where you're at at Central Decatur. We've talked about it kind of off air, but for those that are listening may not understand where Central Decatur High School is, would you paint that on a map for us? So, yeah. So we're a a small um, rural community, an hour straight south of Des Moines, right off, so five minutes off Interstate 35. So if you're going from Des Moines to Kansas City on uh, Interstate 35, exit 12, and you get off and you head uh, five miles east and you're back, you're in Leon. We're, and so we're about 
you know, hour straight south of Des Moines, two hours away from Kansas City when you go by interstate. So in a pretty good place to go. Um, I know, you know, we're kind of out of the off the beaten path for everyday activities, but when we need to go do something or see something, it's easy to get to one of those two places to do it. So can you get to Fargo, North Dakota from your location on I-35? Don't bite into this. <laughs> no, I got to ask this question because we had an episode of a guy going from Oklahoma. I know where Florida you're going with it. And just wondering if he could have gone through Iowa instead of Omaha. Huh? I don't think so because I, I don't. I, all I know is if I stay on I-35, I'm going to run into Minneapolis and then event. I don't know where I'm going to. And that's as far north as I've gotten. Okay. <laughs> you so don't want to be part of that story. <laughs> you don't want to be part of that story. So good job on that one. <laughs> so it's, oh man, in Iowa, we we kind of joked around before. Um, being a big sports fan, I am. The movie Field of Dreams was based out of Iowa and yeah. talking about Iowa. And so I asked, I asked that kind of just in joking. If we build it, will they come? Um, and that's a reference to Field of Dreams. I know that predates you, Danielle, but that's a no. Great I know what I know what you were saying and what the core, and I I caught all of it. Yeah, we were actually just there. We went to the Wisconsin Dells with our close family friends. We our two families took our kids up and went to the Dells and on the way home stopped at the field of dreams. And I've been there before, but, um, uh, the kids got the, and my son's been there before too, but the kids got to run around and play catch my actual, um, my good, my good friend that was on this trip with us last year, he, he farms around here and he won free two free tickets to the game through the corn growers association to last year's game. So him and his, uh, son got to go to that, and it just uh, it just sounded incredible. <laughs> That's a bucket list item for me. I want to go up there just to see that. I'd love to see a game there. I think what they did last year was really cool. Why in the world they had the Cubs and Reds this year, I have no idea. Uh, but it, that's a bucket I, list for me. I believe you can stay in the house. You can rent the house for like a night. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, next to the, yeah, the house from the movie. I think you can rent it and stay in it overnight. I'm I'm in on that. Oh yeah, I think that's pretty cool. But um, okay, we we can quit talking about sports references and all this stuff that I'm I'm all giddy about. What I'm excited about is one, your eagerness to respond to the text that Scott sent out to say, "Hey, would you want to be on this podcast?" And you had a Seinfeld reference on there um, that you were totally down. Put me down. I'm 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 down with that. Um, so I'm excited to to listen to some stories, to have some conversations, just have a little fun. So. Is there something you want to start off with? I know you had to seek some counsel to make sure you remembered to all these weird times that you went through, but is there a story or two or three that stick out to you? Yeah, well, so like just kind of building off what I've talked about this morning with our, um, so our, our complex. So we built this, so it was built by, so we've got this brand new, well, it's not brand new anymore, I guess, but it was brand new in 2016 is when we opened it. Um, turf field, all-weather track, you know, we never had even an all-weather track in our district, um, and then, of course, never had a turf field and renovated everything. Really, the only thing that stayed was the press box and the old concession stand became restrooms. Um, so we're getting ready for the very first game we were going to have on it was a JV football game, I think. We got everything ready in a JV football game on a Monday night in late August, and, you know, I just – first year as the AD. So I wanted to make sure I had everything done. 
and it wasn't Russian. So I think like I had been out there the week before. I was like, I'm going to get these goalpost covers on now and, um, and get that taken care of. So not being very smart about how I was putting the goalpost pad on instead of just like putting it on my chest and opening it up and pushing it against the goalpost, I went to the backside and I pulled it open and was pulling it towards me. And when I did that, it popped my wedding ring off. And I've never been a ring person, never had a, never worn a ring, never bought a class ring, just didn't like any of that. But all of a sudden I got married. And uh, at one point I was like, mom, I'm never going to get married and have to worry about it. And then Kelly, bless her heart, allows me to marry her. And so this ring pops off and it could, of course, go anywhere on this turf, right? It hits the goalpost. And instead of bouncing anywhere it could have bounced, it slides straight down the goalpost into the sleeve that's buried in the ground. Oh, no. First, like, colorful language, like 30 seconds of colorful language later, (sighs) I stop and I'm like, okay, I can think this through. And you can just pull the, you know, like on the turf, they just have the little things to open up to get into where that's at. So I'm like, maybe I can just get down in there. And um, well, then that sleeve only sits about that goalpost. There's only about two inches, not even two, sometimes an inch to two clearance from that sleeve to the goalpost to really be able to get in there. And it's probably five feet, four to five feet down and it's full of water and tur, you know, the rubber infill stuff. So I couldn't see anything. So I called the, the, what was neat about our complex on a side note is the architect that designed the whole thing was a central Decatur graduate. The general contractor is, was actually his brother, central Decatur graduate. So we had all these local people that we'd all grown, you know, our superintendent's a Central Decatur graduate. A lot of the people that were head coaches and helped plan it, Central Decatur graduates. So we all had such an interest in doing this for the kids that were coming of something that we didn't have. So I called them as many of them as I could right away. And the architect's like, why? Well, maybe we can put a magnet on the end of a piece of steel and get down in there. So we tried that. No luck. Um, we tried to hook like a camera to my phone, like a snake camera and put it down in there. No luck. So uh, I, I know my dad spent time when school started, my dad just spent random times up there trying to problem solve something to get the ring back and uh, just never like it's still in there. So I guess a piece <gasps> of was in the field. I've never gotten it back. I just oh, got online no. and bought one of those. Like, I don't know if I say it right. Like Kalo or Quelo rings or just yeah, the silicone ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have that too. So I just bought that because I remember going home and I was like, honey, I don't want you to be mad at me, but that wedding ring is in the bottom of the goalpost at the football field. And she's humor. Like she gets it enough. She just kind of laughed at me. It was like, well, that was pretty dumb. So, so that was kind of my first, uh, you know, that was the first week we were on that turf and my, so until, unless I have to come fix the goalpost one day and take it out, uh, my ring's going to sit in there. I, so it's gonna be <laughs> in there, I suppose. I, I was going to ask you about that conversation when you got home, because you know, I think about kids and coming into class and be like, Hey, the dog ate my homework. We had all these scenarios come up, but go yeah. home and say, Hey dear, I can, I don't have my ring and here's the story. And I, my wife would look at me like, uh-huh, really? Yeah. And yeah, I would have tried I, to sell I, it as many ways as I could. 
I think I rolled in and I think I thought about like, how was I going to say this? And I'm like, well, I'll just tell her how dumb I was. Cause then she'll be like, oh, that makes total sense. So I, I was like, well, I was kind of stupid in the way I was, I should have pushed them on and not pulled them on from the back. And, um, and then this happened. And I think it, like her lying to me through our time has been when I do stuff like that, when she looks at me and says, how do you even function sometimes? And I think that was the response. Well, she'll, in, she'll, in she'll your say defense. To me like, how do you put together these big events and plan all this stuff? <laughs> and then you have something like that happen to you. So. In, in your defense, um, I've, I've had ring stories too. I, when I first got engaged, I was, I was thinner. Say nothing, Dustin. And uh, my ring went into a five gallon bucket of paint. Like that wasn't, um, you know, mixed yet. So it was just like the thick white paint. And I was like, like my, I, my heart sank and I thought I would, didn't know how I was even going to get that thing out. And that is nowhere near the extreme depths that your ring went. And I can't even imagine how, felt especially after time went by and it wasn't coming back yeah and so like and that so when I was talking to people about the story like my wife of course brought up that story and um I was on a little bit of a hot streak there that first (laughs) month we had the field because then we had the very first home football game and so you know everyone's gonna come that first night because they want to see the new field and it was just gorgeous it was a it was like a 70 degree night in the first Friday in September. Um, everybody's there. We're playing a school from 20 minutes away. So they all want to see it too. So they're down here and it's just the, the stands are packed. It couldn't have been a more perfect night. You know, we won big. So it was great. So then we've got a home game the very next week too. And we're playing now instead of our rival to the north, we're playing our rival to the west. Um, and now they're in awe of this facility and they kind of, you know, they have always been the ones with the, the best probably facilities around the area. Now we've got this and they're in awe of it. But that night there was a chance of storms. <laughs> so going back to the first night, what I had learned, we got new lights, Musco lighting that was awesome. And um, you can turn them on and off from your phone. And I thought, oh, this is cool. So time first game we had it, I was like, oh, I'm turning this off from my phone. But at that time, like in their system, they were making you set an off time. So I would just set it for 1145 or something. And not mm-hmm. that, you know, we're not going to be here at 1145. So did the same thing the next week, uh, turned on the lights at like six o'clock on my phone, set them for um, 1145. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the second quarter, storm rolls in. So it's a, you know, and so we get, and it's, it's a lightning pouring rain storm. And so the, both teams are in their locker rooms. Officials are back inside. People are um, in our high school commons, our elementary commons kind of waiting it out. And it had been a couple hours. And, you know, the other school's coaches were like, let's come back tomorrow and play. And our coach was like, I, we can't do it tomorrow. Let's come back Sunday and play. And they're like, well, we can't do it Sunday. So we're like, well, we're going to hang on for a little bit while longer. I think we were up by like three touchdowns at the time. So if we didn't get it played, I guess, whatever. Um, and then the official said, looked at me and said, Zach, we're not staying any longer. Like, 
this 30 minutes, if this 30 minutes doesn't get to zero and, and um, we go, if we have to restart it, we're done. And I was like, okay, so that, that's fine. So we somehow storm cleared up. We go back out. We play the rest of the four minutes of the second quarter. We had some halftime stuff planned, but by then, you know, we had some academic recognition stuff. Everyone gone home because it's like 1030. So um, the more you're talking and setting this up, like the, my anxiety is raising because yeah. I feel so, like I know. <laughs> we have a 10 minute, like we're like, let's have a fastest halftime as we can. So I said, well, we got to put 10 minutes up. We just have to. So we put 10 minutes up. Neither team leaves the field. Like they just go sit in the end zone, like it's a junior high game. And um, so we go, we keep playing. We get into the fourth quarter. I bet there's four minutes left in the game. We score. So we're up by, like it was still about three touchdowns. We kick off, we tackle the kid, and then the entire place goes <laughs> black. Just gets black. <laughs> And I had totally forgot in this whole mess that I had set that timer. So I bet that I bet they heard me say something that I probably shouldn't have said on public from 10 miles away because I was standing on the sideline. It happened. Everybody's looking around. And then I realized what happened. So I went running into where the switches for the lights. And it was on like there, you know, it was like on, off, or. Auto. Auto, mm -hmm. yeah. So I just switched it as fast as I could to auto or to on. And um, but still even as good as those LED lights are, it's gonna take 15 to 20 minutes to <laughs> back up. So then now it's midnight and we're waiting again. And the other team's head coach, bless his heart, was the um longtime AD at Mount Air, which is west of us. So I've known him my whole life, of course, through my dad. And he was like their boys basketball coach when I played in high school. So we've had a long relationship. So he, you know, bless his heart. He just looked at me and started, even, you know, we were winning and he had the peace of mind just to not jump all over me like he could have. He kind of laughed at me and made a joke at my expense. And um, 15, 20 minutes later, they came back on. We played the last three minutes of the game. I think I left after picking everything up that night at like one between one thirty and two. Um, and I tell you what, from that day forward, whether it's a track meet, whether it's a football game, that thing gets turned on with my keys. <laughs> no more phone turning on the lights just in case. Like I'll turn them on, you know, if they needed them on for a practice or something. But when it's a competition, I go in there with my key and I turn that thing to on. There's no <laughs> timer messing up my life. Now, what I'm amazed by, Zach, is just the probability of some of this stuff that you've encountered. Like, one, the ring sliding down, not bouncing off like it did. And then the fact that the lights went out after the play was made. The tackle was made, then the lights go out. So yeah. I think about, what if the lights would have gone out while the kid was running? Yeah, that would, yeah. I mean, you, you've got impeccable timing. And the probability, you're not a statistic that everybody would follow. Yeah, that's I, I thought about that often. Like, what if it would have been like right in the middle of the next play, like some kids running the line of scrimmage and like, like, thank God it was then when everybody was standing. So no one got hurt. Loud. Like, yeah, well, by all of a sudden not knowing what they were running into. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah I, like, and I'm surprised, though, that you guys actually 
waited for the lights to turn back on if you had like three or four minutes left of the game. I'm surprised the officials, everybody was like, yeah. that's it. We're done. Goodbye. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> you know, that kind of surprised me too. Like, I suppose we'd been there so long anyway, we might as well just put the thing down. Yeah, finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, thank, you know, thank God it was, it was Mount Air that it was a 25 minute drive home and not some school that we might have to play in district play. That's an hour and a half. So yeah, that was like my first month as the AD. <laughs> so I'm going home and, you know, I'm getting home at two o'clock that morning and my son is a month and a half at that time. So then I'm helping feed him and just like, what am I, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and I knew that from my, so that football field has been great for us, but it's also, uh, my dad's probably my dad's craziest. My dad's craziest AD stories from that is back in the fall of 2010. We had a JV game one night, and so the field before it was redone, like those old cinder tracks, like people would just drive onto the cinder track to watch the game, right? And it had a big hillside on both on one the one on the south side. So dad was uh, we had a gator, and it didn't have a top on it. And I was the JV football coach at the time. So we coached the game. I was, it was homecoming week. So I was actually down a ways in our student parking lot talking to a police officer because he's like, hey, I'm just going to start cruising through here to make sure nothing's going on tonight. And I'm like, hey, that's great. And then I saw up by the field, I just saw the lights flicker on the gator, but I just assumed it was from my dad um, hitting a bump up there or something, right? And I didn't think anything of it. I walked around back. I got in my truck and drove out which it wouldn't have taken me right by where he would have been. And my mom earlier that night had been like, hey, I made some lasagna. Come over for supper after the game. We'll just eat together. I said, all right. So I got home and I let their – my dog was there. I didn't have the dog. I let their dog out. And, uh, and I'm like, man, it's taking them a long time to get home. What's going on? Mom calls and says, oh, my God, your dad rolled the gator on top of himself. So going over – he was going over to turn off the lights and it was just wet. And somehow turned too quick and he rolls the gator on top of himself. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So I go running back out the door thinking he's got the gator laying on top of him and she can't get it off him. Nope, here he is walking into our house, right? As I pull the door open, he's bleeding from his face. I'm like, dad, what happened? And uh, so he's got gas and fluids all over him. He's like, I don't know, but I got to get in the shower. Like, so it rolled on him. And he was luckily able to get himself like in a ball and was able to like slide and scoot it and get out from under it before, you know. And so he was able to then call my mom and be like, hey, I'm here. And because she was waiting on the back of the school for him when we parked the gator. So she had no idea either. So all that happens, he showers, you know, whatever we eat. And he goes to bed. And, you know, I would wake up for, um, I'd wake up for a ding of my phone in the middle of the night. I lived out, I lived on a little property outside of town. And for some reason I didn't that night, I woke up and I had 10 missed calls from my mom. And I was like, Oh my God, something serious is going on. So I called her back. They were at the emergency room with my dad. He was um, having a heart attack. Basically they put him in an ambulance, drove him to, um, Des Moines, and he had emergency quadruple bypass surgery that next morning at like 6.30 in the morning. So it was wild because, uh, you know, of course, in him, mom calls me and I'm like, oh my God, do I need to come to Des Moines? She's like, no, just take care of the dog and stay home. 
dad said it's just going to be a couple stents. like they drove him in an ambulance but they're like well we'll probably have to do a couple stents so dad's like we got home volleyball tonight just take care of the volleyball and you can come see me tomorrow after the stents or after i'm kind of recovered from surgery i was like okay i'm just gonna do what he said but at that time you know you can't sleep so i was a special ed teacher at the time so four o'clock in the morning i just brought the dog to school with me and we did special ed paperwork together she <laughs> sat here and my mom calls a six and says it's way more serious than that you need to get to des moines right now well when they did the dye test the widowmaker artery was 95 percent blocked so they said we're going to um do quadruple bypass and then so they did it he came out of it he was out of school for like two months and then been back and then you know he's been retired for six years but we look back on the craziness of that one the timing of that one is you know what we think you know the stress of any anxiety of being pinned under a gator and the exertion to get out from under it probably kick-started some things for him but if it doesn't he never knows that that is like that. Does he just drop over dead in the hallway or at an event or at home because he never knows it's that blocked. So did that gator rolling on top of him at that football game that night save his life in the next six months to a year? Probably did. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. Yeah. I need a minute. (laughs) I'm not making jokes about this. I just just want to ask a couple of questions. One, you noticed the flicker of the light. Yeah. So you noticed when when that event happened, but you made a comment in there that you said he said he's got a shower, so he showered whatever, and then you ate like it was no big deal, no big deal that the gator rolled on top of him, rolled over on him. It was- yeah, got the blood off, got his stinky clothes off, and took a shower at eight, and then we went back upstairs later that night. He's like, and you know, my he's had a, his dad died at forty eight of a heart attack, so the you know the you know, and it's not like he hadn't been told by his doctors and stuff like that. So, and he had done some things to change, you know, over the last probably five years before that, you know, lost probably 30 pounds. And um, so that second that, Hey, this is tight. And I don't think this is from the trauma of that accident. Like, like this won't stop being tight. And luckily went out there and the doctor working in the ER and known him for a long time and knew, kind of that and was like i don't like these numbers you're going to des moines i mean think about i mean the resilience of an ad i mean he was an ad at the time this happened and just the resilience to hey he's up there getting ready to have quadruple bypass surgery and he's telling you hey you stay and take care of the volleyball game that we got tonight yeah, <laughs> I mean, and so yeah and, and on the mind and even though so he's a crazy person and we like to give him a really hard time all the time the last thing my mom just my mom just laughs um he was also so you know we're not full-time ad at the school so he was the half-time ad half-time biology teacher so like so for my trauma growing up i had my mom for middle school health class and i had my dad for high school biology so you know those conversations in those classrooms that you're having to watch your friends listen to them from your parents for you know was a whole another part but so the what's he say the last thing he says mom says as they wheel him away she hears him say to the nurse can we make sure like if you're going to videotape this can i get a copy for my class please (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) so they weren't doing that but they did have like the animation of 
on a CD of what the dye test looked like. So he made sure he came home with that. And that was like the first thing that went on the big screen to his anatomy <laughs> and physiology class when he got back to school. I mean, you think about, you think about just the, I mean, just his wherewithal to think about that in that process, say, hey, I could use this as a teaching moment for my kids. I can use this as a teaching moment for class. Um, not worried about the severity of what the surgery was. He was just going in there saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this as a teaching moment. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, and I tell stories about him and my, um, my mom's, my mom's the exact same way. She, um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer right before, kind of was, it was right before COVID, but it was really early. So she, she went through radiation right when COVID started, like she was going through radiation from um, March to August when COVID started. So, you know, like we were telling her like, maybe don't go back to school because this, we don't know a lot about this and your immune mm -hmm. system is not working like everybody else's right now because of the radiation and the chemo. She would go like on a Thursday, um, she had the port in, she'd go on a Thursday, they'd hook up the pump and she'd come back on Saturday to remove it. And she went through that for, for, that was like every other week for six months. And we're like, maybe don't. No, she went to school the first day of school. And then the next day she went to, um, uh, she, she went to, went back to class. But right before that start, maybe I'm getting them confused. Maybe the breast cancer, they found that earlier. This, what this was, was, yeah, I got them together. She went in for a, just a regular checkup, a colonoscopy. And they're like, hey, we found something. We need to do surgery like, right now today and we had a home basketball game that night and so she's like hey they've got to do this surgery blah blah blah." i'm like and it was they're going to do it at our local hospital which is great in this little community and i'm you know i'm like oh my this is my mom like like do i just skip the game and come sit out there at the hospital with you and like the conversation lasted 10 seconds about i'm going to do this surgery and the next two minutes was who are you going to get to do the book for the basketball games tonight I'm like you're nuts. <laughs> like, well, I think if if I can get them to let me go after surgery, I can come do them. I'm like, we'll find some. No. <laughs> so like, you know, she just had this surgery because of what they found, and then yeah, and then so, but she and she's doing well too. She goes to her checkups, but she does our book for volleyball. She does our book for basketball. She's coached middle school volleyball. She's coached middle school track. She's coached middle school and high school softball. So she's just as like. It's funny if you ask those, you know, talk to ADs in Iowa, you know, when you, she, her most, one of her favorite times of the year is the state AD convention. She just loves going over there and seeing everybody. And so I'm just a product of those two and we care about this school and community. And so that's kind of been my, so a lot of my stories start from them, you know, their craziness and I kind of do the similar thing. So your love for athletics runs deep, like very yeah. deep. <laughs> well, I think because there's been a Clark, in the AD chair for 37 mm -hmm. years now, or 38 years, however your math wants to figure it, uh, you think about your commitment to that place, but you're really committed and your ring is there. What yeah. you vowed your life to is there on that field. And you, that he married the school. That's right. the way I look yeah. at it. <laughs> yeah. Like people say they're married to their job, but Zach really is. <laughs> and you know, kid, kids put it in great perspective for you. Um, one day, my you know, a couple of years ago, my son said, 
hey, when are we going to go to your other house? And I said, oh, I live, this is my only house. He goes, no, the school is your other house. You live there. Too. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. So, <laughs> but he goes, I mean, you know, he's in the gator with me. And it's just what it is. He's on my shoulders walking around on the field, whatever. So, do you drive the gator differently now? Or are you a little more careful when you're whipping that thing around now? Well, it's a newer one. So at least it's got a top. <laughs> and we don't have quite the hillside that we have to deal with anymore. Yeah, new complex now. That was back in yeah. 10. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, the, other, the other crazy story I had for you guys was a football game again. Um, it was homecoming. The fall we came back from COVID, it was a homecoming. And, you know, we hadn't had, like, every we weren't restricting attendance. Um, you know, we, somebody joked that Decatur County was the state champion of COVID in Iowa because we were the last county to have a case. So, you know, so we, we just still had people showing up for everything. We weren't restricting attendance, especially to outside events. And um, so we got all these people there that night. And then I get some little kid coming to me and said, hey, there's a, there's a mess in the bathroom. And I said, oh, okay. So I go in the bathroom and someone had in the men's bathroom had well there's two stalls in one stall someone had just pooped on the back of the toilet and on the other stall someone had just pooped on behind the toilet on the floor so i was like oh my god we've got to close this up and shut this down right now so i happened to walk out of the bathroom and i walked right into my superintendent he goes what's do you need any help with anything I said, I need you to stand right here and not let anybody else go in here. <laughs> well, I call the, uh, the custodian that was inside at the time. I said, hey, can you grab this? This is what we got. Can you grab some stuff and come out? He said, yep, sure can. I, get out, I haven't been off the phone with him for 30 seconds. We've got a big parking lot. Um, just, and what I would try to do is walk it once a quarter just to make sure kids hadn't snuck out there or whatever. And if the person kind of down by the entry was like, called me 30 seconds after I made the call to the custodian and said, hey, you've got a group of about 25 to 30 kids in the parking lot. And I thought, well, that's not going to be any good. So I just told the superintendent, I said, hey, can you take, can you just help with this and I'll be back? And he said, yeah, that's fine, go. So I go down to the parking lot and I'm walking and I'm trying to get an eye on these kids and I hear somebody say, oh, blank, there's Zach. And then it was like cockroaches when the lights came on. They saw me and they scattered. Everybody scattered except for this one young man who was from the school we were playing. And I looked at him and he kind of caught my eye right away because he had on no shoes. He had on no shirt. He was just in gym shorts. And he wasn't walking in a straight line. So I walked him, watched, watched him walk in front of me and he bounced off cars as he walked in front of me stopped about four feet from me and just started peeing in the parking lot. So I was like, Oh no. So I, he comes back and I follow him back to his car, the car he's at and everybody by now is scattered. And I recognize some people from what they were wearing. Um, one guy was in over two, the other two kids of his friends were in overalls with no shirts on. So they were kind of easy to pick out of the crowd. So this kid, um, gets back in the backseat of this car. And I said, Hey, what's your name? And I, he tells me, and I said, have you, have you been drinking tonight, bud? And he said, 
yeah, a little. And I'm almost stepping in his puke outside the car door. <laughs> and uh, I said, I'm going to need you to uh, step back out of the car with me. And and I'm going to call. And I just uh, right before I got down there, I said, we got a whole big crowd. Where are you at to the local law enforcement agent? And he was, he's like, I'll get back up there. He had just been there and had to leave to go do something. So in the process of him coming back up, the kid looks at me and says, uh, I said something like, I'm going to need you to get back up. I'm he, having trouble. Oh, sorry, my watch. He he looks at me and uh, just smiles at me and rolls up the window and goes back to sleep in the back of the car. Like, I was going to make it all go away. So <laughs> police officer rolls up and says, uh, like, he's like, this kid's hammered. And I said, yeah. So he starts dealing with him. And I said, I'm going to go try to find the other couple that I recognized. Or at least in this car, and um, so they were easy to pick out. And I and the, what bless those kids' hearts, they had just made a mistake, and they were pretty respectful. I said, "Hey, I found the one." I said, "You need to come with me." So he said, "Okay." And I called the other school's administrator, and I said, "If you're here, I need this kid. The kid that looks like this." He said, "I see him in our student section. I'll get him down there." So they came down, and um, the, they were pretty those kids were pretty respectful and honest. And it was probably the thing that saved them that night with the law enforcement. And, uh, but he said, all, what I'm going to do is you have to wait to, uh, I'm not going to let you leave until a parent comes to pick you up. Well, those kids weren't, you know, they were just fans of the football game. So their parents weren't there. So all their parents got a call about nine o'clock that said, um, we need you to come get your son. And we're, you know, 50 minutes away. So, we sat there by the last time the last one got there, it was probably 11 o'clock and none of those parents were very happy. Those rides home, the ride <laughs> homes for those young men were, were not enjoyable. I can promise you that. But so that was kind of, that was like my first um, kind of issue with that on that kind of scale of the game, I think. But uh, you're we, dealing with all of this and you've left your superintendent with the poo right. bathroom. Right. So so if you go, what also is kind of funny about that story. So this all happened, right? And I didn't stay down there the entire time because I found the one, the second kid pretty quickly and brought him down to the law enforcement officer. And I said, hey, there are some of our kids down here. I'm going to the student section to find them. And um, so I was going and like the principals call me, but he was in charge of running our clock and he did a really good job of it. So I was like, you just keep running the clock. And I walked by and as I'm going by the bathroom to get to our student section, our superintendent comes out and he's got gloves on up to his elbows. So he's been in the bathroom with the custodian cleaning up the mess. And all I could do was look at him and laugh and say, hey, thanks, I appreciate you. And he said, I'm also gonna need you to get cleaned up to come help me with some other stuff. So, but yeah, so we we got it all sorted out and it kind of took care of itself. And but it was it was probably the it was crazy and it was the first one of that that I kind of dealt with in that um, avenue, I guess, of something like that happening in an event. Um, so we we, learned, we got we made sure we had a little bit more of a intentional conversations with our kids about not going to the parking lot. Like you're if we caught you there after the game started, you're gone. And there's no discussion. So I'm just glad that the two stories weren't related because in the beginning, 
I was concerned that the two stories were going right. to, like, Poop Man was in the parking lot now. Like, yeah. I didn't know if there was yeah. going to be a correlation yeah. there. And I'm, I'm really glad there wasn't for you. When I was 18, I worked for our local county conservation officer. So one of the jobs was cleaning the bathrooms at the parks. And, um, uh, you know, you have those kind of pit toilets and stuff. And so... You never knew what you're going to find, but we had somebody that we referred to as the mad, not hatter, but <laughs> as something else that we had to clean up after once in a while because of that. And I think about even, I mean, I was going to go, before you went to a level I wasn't ready for, I was going to say, how in the world are they that accurate that they can get it behind the toilet? Yeah, I don't know. With a, with a or- toilet right there, that just makes no sense to me. Nope. Or inaccurate. I think the inaccurate right. is more of the issue. <laughs> that's going to be intentional. I mean, that's not something you miss the toilet on. Right. Like, you know, the first two things, I was like, how? Why? <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> I, you know, at that <laughs> moment, you're trying to figure out how to solve it. And then the next thing is like, I got to negotiate a pay raise or something. Right. And, and then, well, luckily, you know, my the super the superintendent's great. And he came. Um, he was he was right there and he he jumped right in and was he's a he's a, he had, you know besides being our superintendent he's a he's a grew up on a farm locally and still farms the ground and takes care of the livestock so that it probably was nothing for him to get in there and go to work so but it was funny to come it was a, a moment of you know of comedy to come back from that whole situation and see him with these big old gloves on walking out of the bathroom so. What what I have learned today, Zach, is I'm not going to a football game with you at all, ever. Mm-hmm, oh yeah, mm-hmm. man, yeah. Nope, I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I come home and my my wife's just like, why? Why does this stuff happen to you? Like, you just have a normal night. Know. You know what? Now it all makes sense about her reaction about the wedding ring. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah. We're supposed to have the scrimmage tonight. And I'm looking at the radar, and it looks like it could be tricky. Like I'm just like, do we even have the scrimmage when, you know, mm-hmm. when my pattern of luck is on these things? <laughs> I'm glad you told the stories in the order you did because yeah. it set up all of this as you got to. So then we could get that response. Every one of these stories, really. <laughs> right. Right. I'm. I am hopeful that tonight goes without problem for you. <laughs> I'm hopeful that you got the board all figured out. That gets taken care of, but you don't have any mystery poopers. You don't have any mystery drunk people. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of just a game and kids playing tonight. That's my hope for you tonight. Zach. That's what yeah. I hope too. We get to have our recognitions and have kids play and get to do some fun stuff and meet the teams. But I just, I know, I just never know. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to use your wife's line when I see you is why does this stuff happen to you? How do you function? <laughs> function was uh it was and it's you know it still gets said like um with with al with ally our newborn um you know i'll screw something you know i screw something up like every day (laughs) don't mess up the kids today and um i do something like you know i'll i'll knock the bottle over do something when i'm changing a diaper or you know like whatever i do and um She's like, she just looks at me and she shakes her head. And she's like, I just, how do you function? Cause you do all these big scale things. And then you just, so yeah, it's, it's, it's more often than not. 
Uh, that's awesome. I appreciate you letting us laugh at your expense today. Okay. Jumping on here and your excitement just to be part of this. I, I've enjoyed it. You may not have enjoyed reliving those stories, but they, they've been exciting to me. We definitely did. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what's funny. You know, I think about that. That's six years. My my poor mother and father, after, you know, 40 years, you know, 40 years in education, they've got some too. We just sit back and laugh. And, you know, that's what's nice about it is um, I've had a, you know, I've had a, you know, you, people are born with a silver spoon and I, and uh, I've had a kind of a silver spoon athletic athletic director wise because I don't have to worry about calling someone, you know, what's great in Iowa, you can call anybody for advice, but like I've got advice right next to me all the, you know, mm-hmm. whenever, uh, sometimes he just shows up in my office, you know, which is great. <laughs> he's just kind of, you know, he's running around. So, um, and then gets mad at me when I threw something away that he had in here in this office and then he can't find it. <laughs> you can say, hey, my first name's on the door now. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's great. He um, he's still like on track meet days. I take a lot, care a lot of the technology and he takes care a lot of the kind of physical setup of stuff. So just to help out because I was in the classroom, you know, I had a special ed class or something to do, but now I'm going to be the special education coordinator as along with the activities director. So now my day is, I'm not in the classroom anymore. So that will help flexibility was. Well, I, I know you got a lot going, especially with the scrimmage tonight. So I want to say thanks for jumping on here. Thanks yeah, for this is a blast. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed having the conversation and I appreciate you attending the session that Mark and I taught back in, in Denver. Yeah. Um, and you still agreed to be on this. So that's, I mean, your fortitude is pretty good. Yeah. So no, yeah, I, this is great. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. I, I enjoyed Thank you for letting us, you know, kind of giggle along with you at your expense. And um, it, it's been awesome. So thank you to Zach. And also thank you to Take a Spigot, who makes all of our episodes possible. All right. Thank you.